Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, Mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag Patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. Jen Parks is a New Zealand travel writer and photographer, along with husband Ashley and three children, Nathan, eight, Kipton, six, and Amelia, four. She loves to get outside and explore their beautiful home and hopes to inspire others to travel and do the same. While Jen works full-time as a content creator, Ashley is a dairy farmer. They love multi-day adventures that allow them to hike, camp, ski, paddleboard, and boat. Her website, Our Backyard Travel Family is a wonderful resource for all parents exploring New Zealand. Jen, thanks for joining us today. Oh my God, this is going to be so fun. (laughs) Great. I love the energy. Can you tell us a little bit more about your family's adventures and how often you're able to get outside and explore? Well, we live in a rural community, so being outside is the only thing to do around here. Um, We're about half an hour um, out of Ashburton. So it's like a small rural town. And I am a city girl and my husband's a country boy. So I am not the dairy farmer. So one of the ways that I guess that we get to go hang out and connect together um, off the farm is, um, yeah, by hiking and tramp. We call it tramping here in New Zealand. Um, I still call it hiking. People think that's a little weird sometimes. Um, Same thing, same difference still carrying a pack through the middle of nowhere into somewhere beautiful. But yeah, one of the things that we love to do is just, I love the mountains and I love the lakes. And I first kind of got into kind of all that type of thing when I first had kids, because I used to run and those types of things. And then when you've suddenly got like a three month old kid, you can't, I couldn't go out for a run in the morning because my husband being a dairy farmer gets up at 4am. So when I was by myself, I'd just get up at six and go for a run before work, you know, like often you do. And now with a child at home, you can't just be like, hang on a minute, I'll go at 3am while you're still asleep and you can look after the baby. So I had to kind of find a new way to kind of get my adrenaline and kind of get some exercise and things like that. So we took to hiking and we took into the hills a wee bit so we could get some exercise. And it kind of just evolved a little bit from there. The kids really enjoyed being in the outdoors and it was, to be honest, way easier parenting in the outdoors than it is at home. So really I'm just avoiding all of the, the grumps and the tantrums and all the fun drama um, that you have at home by running away into the mountains where they can explore and just kind of be a bit more free range. That sentiment is said so many times. 
<laughs> it might be hard to get out the door, but it is easier to parent outdoors. Oh, and the kids, like, I mean, so my kids are, so Nathan is eight and Captain is six and Amelia is four. And my eight and six-year-old, like, I love them dearly, but they just compete on everything from who has the biggest piece of toast at like 7.01 in the morning. You're just like, <laughs> oh gosh. But when they're outdoors, like they're finding stuff and sticks and they find things and they build stuff. And yeah, so we probably get out. I said, we're in the middle of winter here at the moment. We've had our first snow here in New Zealand. Not exactly where I am, but it's snowing in other places around the country. So very exciting. Um, so besides um, winter sport, that keeps us busy. We are getting out on adventures at least a couple of times a month. And we are pretty lucky because we're about an hour to the mountains, I suppose, from here. And we've got so much access to so many beautiful places here in New Zealand. And I'm still very thankful that it's still, it's very quiet here at the moment in New Zealand. We don't have tons of tourists. So we're very lucky to be able to have so many of these beautiful places to ourselves. So yeah, I have to say getting away so that we can just, we can just be together and we don't have to worry about all the drama and they just, they go and do stuff. And I'm very lucky being a photographer that they get used to me wanting to take a million photos all the time. But as long as we're somewhere like anytime we're near a river or what, they will play with stones and my husband is the one. He's actually the pain when we come to taking content and things because he's like, oh, you've taken a picture. Let's go. And I was like, the kids will play for an hour. Just let them chill. Don't interrupt what is currently working. Yes. And let me do my art. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I actually was wondering, I don't. I don't know if in New Zealand you guys have a lot of, or where you are, a lot of extracurricular sports and activities that kids do on weekends. Is that so much a thing or is it more about you guys just getting out as a family on weekends? Um, we do. We um, The kids play rugby, which is, I know in the States, rugby is becoming a little bit of a thing. Our big All Blacks come visit, I know. Um, so they play rugby in that and they do all sorts of sports kind of during the week. I have to say, I kind of wish those sports all happened in the week so we'd have more time to get away in the weekends because I feel very hamstrung at the moment because sport today like sport is going to be today so we're um yeah on Saturday here so yeah I've got all that in the middle of Saturday I'm like oh I really want to go away to the mountains now it's snowing and things like that so it's hamstringing us a little bit but um yeah often like we'll go and do something different every Sunday so we'll jump on some bikes or find a hike that we really want to do and then in the school holidays we have um, here in New Zealand, we kind of have our year broken up into four parts. So we kind of get two weeks break in between um, each each bit and we are just always off somewhere. So we will be skiing um, these, these holidays coming up and doing lots of mountain activities. Oh, that's so perfect. A huge reason we wanted to chat with you is you shared this really helpful post a while back about seven tips to get kids outside. And your kids are a bit older than ours. Adrian are chasing around toddlers and have babies on the way. So we don't have, other than with our nieces and nephews, the experience of getting eight-year-olds and six-year-olds and all of that outside. So you have the first-hand experience. And we thought we would just run through those seven helpful tips and get you to expand on them a little bit further. Ah, absolutely. Amazing. So the first tip was to show them pictures ahead of time and ask them questions to get them involved in the hike. So what does this look like and how do you divide between three kids? <laughs> um, so my middle child, um, he is my kid I could take. If you said today's hike was 12 hours, he'd be like, are you sure that we could not do 13 or 14? And he's six. So he is my kid that will go anywhere. But I try and when I know that things are going to be tough or if things, perhaps my eldest, now my eldest is a perfectly capable hiker. 
he I think gets intimidated by my middle child because he thinks because he's faster he will walk like that kid I can't catch that kid and he's six and so we usually weigh him down with the bag and so my oldest I think gets a little intimidated that his, his little brother is better than him although he's not it's not I have to remind him it's not a competition um, so what I will often do is, is it a little manipulative? I may plant things and be like, hey, look at that mountain up there. That's pretty. And I will plant things along the way. Or I'll be like, hey, I've been looking for some things to do. Let's have a look through Instagram and see if we can see some cool pictures. And I'll be like, where's that? And I'll, I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, it's this hike. Like we did um, this hike um, in Wanaka and it was called Isthmus Peak. It was 16 kilometers return, which I'm not sure my conversion to miles, 1.6, that, that 10, 12 miles. It's okay. We're um, kilometers in Canada too, but oh, <laughs> sorry, Americans. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon. So, um, and it had a had a um, it had about a thousand twelve hundred meters of elevation gain. Um, so like a good tough hike. And so I just put it out there, and they'll be like, "Oh, that's this one. Oh, it's quite long though." And they're like, "Oh, do you think we could do it?" And I was like, "Well, I think you could. I guess do you think you could? Would it be worth the walk if we saw that view?" And they're like, "Oh, maybe." And so I kind of I kind of plant things a little bit. So that they start to have a look and I'll be like, okay, or other days I'll be like, right, why don't you choose something? I'll like, here's some pictures around the area, like get one of those tourist guides and they'll be like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, oh, there's a cool waterfall, but you've got to walk there or maybe we can go for a swim. And then they're like, oh, let's do that. So I try and let them take the lead a little bit, but I can't say I don't plant little things that I'd really like to do and hope that they come up with that. Okay. And then they probably chat together and come up with some sort of compromise or competition. Oh, like you said. They, t- <laughs> they totally do. And sometimes it'll be an amount of just bringing things. I don't know whether I talk about this further on, but be like, okay, well, it's going to be a big hike. Why don't we go and we'll all choose some snacks together or let's go get a hot meal. That one we're all like, should we take a hot meal to the top? Like it's quite cold. Should we do that? And we took a little, you know, a little camp cooker, a jet boil, and we cooked up some things because in the things that they got to choose. So they kind of thought they they had some ownership and they were in control. You are right on the same wavelength because your tip two was have them help prepare some yummy food for the adventure. So do your kids have these favorite snacks they like to prepare or their go-tos every time? Well, I, yes. And I think we are in general a relatively sugar-free family we don't do a whole lot of we make a lot of our um, own meals and we make our own cakes and treats and things like that so I can kind of control those things so the nice thing is that when we do some of these other activities things like hot chocolate sometimes or our own muesli bars with bits of chocolate you know those types of things become really great for them because it is actually a real treat I think sometimes we've forgotten the that treat doesn't mean a treat every day. Um, and so when it comes down to that, that's why it starts to really work as a motivator for um, the kids who are like, okay, we'll go and see if we can go another hour and then it'll be hot chocolate on a break up. And they're like, okay, just a little bit of motivation to kind of keep them going. Just like I think we do to ourselves. We're like, okay, we'll have those M&Ms at the top, right? You can keep going. I know I can. And you can kind of force yourself to kind of get there. So I think, the, I think it works in the same way with the kids. But when it's something that they like, um, and they feel that they've got some ownership and they're in control too. So it's not just us. Excellent. So tip three, start the hike with games, good stories, and what if questions. Do you have examples of these? Well, I think one of the one of the best hikes that we did that went so fast was I my wee Amelia. So she probably started walking good hikes, like probably two to four hours at about three and a half. So we'd just done one of her first walks and then, the, and then a couple of weeks later I was doing another one and I was like, right, I'll put the backpack on my back, but maybe you can walk and see how you do. Like, I don't know how you're going to do. It's meant to be like an hour uphill. So let's just see up a whole lot of stairs. 
And anyway, so about 10 minutes into this walk, we had a nice conversation, slightly morbid to be fair. Um, and we said, what would happen if mummy fell off these rocks and she didn't wake up? What would you do? And so to be fair, quite a good conversation because I often hike with my three kids by myself. And so to be fair, if something was to happen to me, I have to know that they've got the skills to be able to call someone, um, use the personal locator beacon and potentially look after themselves because if something did accidentally happen. So we literally spent an hour going through this whole scenario of how do we find shelter and what would you do and what would you not do? And so as we walked up this track, they're like, they'd see this little bit of like almost like a little cave in the rock and they're like oh that'd be good shelter or then along the way they're like okay how do we find water and they're like I can hear it let's see if we can see the water and so we had this whole massive conversation and big scenario and we got up the hill like we got there and we're like oh it didn't really take long at all so conversations like that or we tell the kids I don't know stories from our past or things that we went and we were quite lucky because we did a whole lot of travel back before we had children. And so we've talked to them about trips we did when we went to Egypt or when we went to climb to Everest base camp and we tell them all the stories. And I think the more they're concentrating because of these ones, this walk in particular, we were going up lots of different stairs, which is really kind of semi mind numbing, but you don't have to concentrate quite so much. So they were just really engaged in the conversation. And when they are busy like that, there's no time for them to complain. That is actually a really good bonus tip that you tossed in there is to make sure your kids know what to do in emergency situations. Because I think a lot of us are probably solo adventuring with our kids. So thank you for sharing that. Your tip four is talk to them like an adult, express this is something you'd like to do together and let them choose something else they'd like to do. So I think that's super important for our kids to see we are human and we have these wants and desires too. Do you ever have any pushback from your kids or do they kind of just meet you where you're at when you say that? They're pretty good. Um, sometimes I suppose now lately, because I feel like everything I want to do is I just, I just love to hike because it just gives me that I don't know, all those endorphins and you, you know, when you're standing on top of a mountain looking at the view, you're just like, I know you feel so free. And sometimes as an adult or as a parent, I think we don't get the time to be, we're a, we're a mom first. And so we don't get to be a human. We don't get to do things purely for ourselves so much anymore. And so sometimes when we go on a trip and I said like, there's one thing I'd really like to do. And this is the hike that it is. And so maybe sometimes I'll lay it out and be like, I'd like to do this, but we've also got three or four more days. What would you like to do? And then I, yeah, I do try and talk to them a bit like an adult because they are able to process lots of things. And if you clearly, it's easy for them to say, okay, you, this is your choice. This is your choice. Oh, today we're doing mommy's choice. And I think it's good for them to know that you're allowed to have things too. And while they are the center of our universe, they don't have to be the center of the universe. 100% of the time. And going back to the three kids, so giving all of them an option, do you try and usually just get them to agree together or do you let all of them have an individual choice? You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, well, Amelia is, it's tougher with her because she's only, only four. So I always try and make sure that I usually in my brain have a few things kind of set out. So it's like, she loves to scooter. She loves to go to the scooter parks. It's super cute. And so sometimes when we like, I'll be like, hey, we're going to go. I think that Amelia would probably like to go to the scooter park. Would you like to do that? And be like, okay, this is Amelia's thing today. Um, or when we were recently, actually another trip when we went to Wanaka, we did hikes for them individually because I actually forgot her backpack. So while my husband was coming on a trip, I was like, finally, you, we can share carrying her if we need to. 
I forgot the backpack completely. So what we did on that trip was we did a hike for her. So we did a small, a smaller one, which was only a couple of hours. And then we actually individually took um, our boys. So I took Nathan on a hike, a full day hike. And then I, um, my husband took um, Kipton on a full day hike. So we actually did almost like individual ones. Um, and that actually worked out to be really awesome because taking one kid is just such a dream. It's just, and they are just such big, they're such big kids when they're just by themselves and there's no one to fight with, no one to compete with. They've got your whole attention. And it was just like hiking with a best friend. It was awesome. I love your flexibility on these trips. That's great. I think um, mixing it up does make a real difference. Um, otherwise it's just, for them, they're like, oh, I don't want them to ever think, oh, it's just mum dragging us on another hike. I ha- I don't want them to be the kids that are like, oh my God, we did this so much as a kid. I now hate it. So I like to try and give them some options. That mentality is so refreshing. So that brings us to tip five, to up their pride with their own gear or to take, um, so they, they would take care essentially of their backpack or their water pack. So do you allow them to prepare like the night before? And at what age did that become pretty important? I think the age is, is less of a concern to more the type of kid that you've got. So my, I think my firstborn is very natural, highly responsible firstborn. He can pack all his gear and he does everything for himself. And he's probably done that since he's been five. Whereas my six-year-old will still walk out the door with like one shoe and not a jersey in the middle of winter. Um, he is my kid that you're just like, are you going to the school bus? Like, where is your backpack? And he's like, oh, I haven't packed that. And you're like, and whereas my other kid was ready at five minutes past getting up. So I think it's more to do with the type of child. Um, but in terms of carrying their own gear, um, I've always tried to get them to carry something because then they get used to everybody kind of has a pack and they also feel like such a big kid when they carry their own gear. So I've probably made them carry something from about four, but only something really small. Um, the kids have got one of the, like a water bladder backpack. So even um, Amelia will often carry just half a liter in a bag just with that in it. Um, and then as they've gone on, um, we've kind of given them more things and Kipton has definitely needed to be slowed down but in terms of gear I know we did our first multi-day hike with the kids um, in January this year so we did one of New Zealand's great walks I think we've got about nine of them and so it was 32 kilometers over three days um, and it was our first kind of big walk and to be fair my eldest was like not sure how this is going to go we left our youngest behind um, for this one so she stayed with the grandparents and we just took the two boys and so he was a bit like, oh, I'm not really sure. And I don't know whether he was just worried that maybe he couldn't do it compared to his brother. He was completely fine. And he probably could perform better than his brother did. But one of the things we did prior to that was like, well, maybe since you're older now, you, you need your own backpack. And so we got him, we got him, I think it was a 30 litre pack. And so he was able to carry all of his own gear and it's had its first like real proper frame on it and like it had little snack pockets oh my god the snack pockets were such a win he was like I can get my own things so he went he's like can I pack my own like scroggin can I get it ready to put it in this was like two weeks in advance and so he was just like really stoked to have his own stuff and be a big kid and while I'm you don't need necessarily a lot of gear to get out there and you can always borrow things and buy things secondhand and whatnot. I said, even just having their own, you know, that sense of self that they feel, it's like us getting like a new pair of leggings or something and you feel all like whippity and hot and you want to dance around and be like, yes, look at me. They are the same, I think, with having a little bit of gear too. 
Right. I'm so enjoying hearing how you balance kind of one-on-one activities with the kids and all the different personalities. It's making me really excited to meet my second one and figure out their personality. <laughs> uh, it's amazing because then you've got, I've got the two boys have this, they often exude the same things, but in different ways. Like they're both quite confident and ambitious and things, but they do it completely differently. And then my, my girl is kind of a mix of both. And I think she's the good mix of both because the bad mix of both is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> right. Well, that leads really well into tip three or sorry, tip six we're on because it's evaluate what motivates your kid. So would it be a one-on-one adventure or would it help to bring their friends? What do you find between your three kids? What's more motivational for them? The one-on-one or bringing their friends? Well, one-on-one is really good because there's no one, you're not fighting for anyone's attention. There's no one to show you up. Um, and I find also, it's just like looking after one kid compared to looking after three or having the whole family of five, even to be fair, having like my, my husband with us and having two kids, even though that's technically one each, it's the dynamics sometimes that makes it a little bit awkward. Whereas I love one-on-one. It's just, you're able to dedicate the time to them. You don't have to worry about multiple children falling off a mountain potentially it's just one kid right in front of you and the connection that you can have is really good but I do like to mix it up um, because recently we did this thing called the summit challenge Um, so that was in March and it was to raise money for the Himalayan trust um, which is um, Sir Edmund Hillary's trust that he set up to help um, the Himalayan people and it's amazing that we together our mission was to climb 8,848 meters over the month, which is quite, it's quite a lot of hiking for the kids, um, especially when we, a lot of hikes back to back. Um, But one of the things we did on two of our trips, we took um, friends with them. And that was just the best motivator because they had someone else to chat to. They didn't have to chat to us. Sometimes it is exhausting with having, especially when you're hiking for a long time, there are a lot of questions. Um, And sometimes you're just like, I just want to put my head down and hike. I'm tired, get moving. And to be fair, those conversations are sometimes had. But when they've got their friends, they just chat away and it just seems like it passes the time so much easier. But I think it's the same with us. If we bring a friend or an adult that comes with us and it's finally like you have all this therapy and chat all along the way. And you're like, man, that did not seem hard. Even though if you go back later, you're like, actually, that was harder than I thought. I was just well distracted. So I think there's definitely a place for just mixing it up um, all the time. So um, we are definitely looking at taking more friends on trips selected friends though I think (laughs) selected friends that's great (laughs) so tip seven let them skip sometimes the FOMO may bring them back for more can you tell us about I I feel like you must have a story for this one (laughs) well I had been sitting waiting to do this awesome trip to Mueller Hut so Mueller Hut is in Mount Cook National Park and it is the most beautiful very aesthetically pleasing red hut that overlooks our tallest mountain. And I'd been hanging out for ages to do it. And I was like, right, I'll take Nathan. I think I haven't done it before. I'm, it's meant to be quite tough and there's some good mountain safety warnings around when to do it and how to do it. So I was like, you know, this seems like a, a big kid trip. So I talked to him about it and he's like, oh yeah, maybe. And then he's like, mum, I don't want to go. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take your brother. So I was like, oh, well, he's completely capable now. And we had the most incredible trip and we made this big video around it. And I almost felt bad when we got back and we showed him all the stuff that he was like, I really should have gone. Like he was, he wasn't mad. He, but he was just like quietly like, 
oh maybe maybe we could go again and do that one and I was like yeah sure we could definitely go again and so actually this year so a year later we actually took an Amelia we got Amelia to walk that one as well and we took the whole family and he was like oh this was so good he's like he was I was like was it tough he's like actually it wasn't that bad I think I'd like to do it again can we bring some friends and so I think that letting them not be able to go because then he's like well it's my fault that I didn't go and maybe I should have I think yeah definitely a bit of FOMO I was like it's not going to hurt anyone as long as you're prepared to take them back yes the FOMO is real (laughs) it was such a good trip I'm so I'm gutted but we I mean we still had an amazing one-on-one with um Kipton and it's actually one of the things that we've started doing together as a family um, is breaking off and doing um, mum dates and dad dates, doing overnight dates. Um, because with three of them, I do feel sometimes that we don't quite get that same level of connection. And there are definitely times when we feel like the kids are just needing more of us individually. We're starting to see it more now as they grow. So yeah, we're having these individual dates. So one of the ones I took Nathan, we went up to this place called Kaikoura and it's beautiful on the coast. And we stayed overnight up there and we went swimming with dolphins. And it was just like such a cool experience again, just to have that connection with one of you. So as much as the family connection is awesome, doing lots of things together, there's definitely places for breaking off and yeah, even just once or twice a year, them having those individual trips that they really remember. Yes. Jen, have you read the family board meeting? No. Okay. You should read. It's a really quick read, but it's basically exactly what you're doing. They suggest doing something every three months with each kid, which might be a lot since you have three kids, but I was super motivated by reading that book because I too would just always love to do everything as a family. And it talked a lot about how the one-on-one time with kids is super important for their development and for them to chat with you and really get everything out that's on their heart. So you might like it. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for the suggestion. These have been such great tips and hopefully motivation for people to get their kids outside and keep trying If you had to pick one of the tips to kind of be your top one that has brought your kids back, if they've ever been in a hiking or adventure lull, would there, could there be one? What would you pick? I'm going to go out and give you one more because I think my biggest tip for getting the kids um, outdoors and really enjoying it is choosing something that's really interesting. Um, I think a lot of the time people think that like getting the kids outside has to be like, oh, this nice flat track and all the councils and the tourism are like, right, go around and do this nice, flat, boring track. It's great for families. And you're like, yeah, kind of. But if you want to actually get them in really invigorated about going, go somewhere they've got to hike up something where they might have to scramble with their hands and feet because that keeps them super motivated. Or make sure you take your togs and let them swim in the waterfall, even though it's a pain because then they'll get wet and cold or whatever it may be. Like let them do the fun stuff and jump in the mud across the puddles, have a change of clothes, make sure it's not boring um, because then they'll want to keep going and keep doing the fun stuff. And I think that for me is like the most important. Don't worry about whether it's, if it's hard work, that's okay. Let's just make it hard work, but fun. Yes, and get dirty. (laughs) Absolutely. So where can people find you to follow along? Um, we are on Instagram at Backyard Travel Family. Um, and you can also check out our website, backyardtravelfamily.com. Perfect. Excellent. We end with our final questions. Yes. In the last few months, what was your best purchase under $100? Now, is this allowed? Does it have to be something outdoorsy? Oh, it can be anything you'd like. Because I have found an amazing moisturizer I didn't know I needed. 
Oh. And I, I know that sounds, I was like, you know, I use, I use the same stuff all the time and I changed to something different and I just, it made me feel amazing. It was a, it's a beautiful glow lab um, moisturizer that I've got here in New Zealand and it's got SPF and I just didn't know that I needed it. I didn't know that my product could be better and I tried something different and I feel amazing. Perfect. I love the <laughs> self-care. That's great. Can you share a book, show or podcast recommendation right now? I am now I have just come off a week in bed with the flu, oh, no. um, which has been not COVID, but the flu and it's been horrendous. And I've been watching Outlander and I have loved it. Ooh. I just, have you watched out? Have you watched Outlander? No. Oh, Scottish, Scottish Highlands. A lady goes back in time and finds this very lovely gentleman. He's quite dreamy, lovely Scottish accent. And I've just been, it's been wonderful. It's a nice escape from everyday life. You're going to need to watch one of those episodes. <laughs> I'm writing this down, Outlander. Thank you for that. So there, if there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? Oh, well, we actually were supposed to be in Patagonia before in April, 2020, which obviously didn't happen. That was going to be the plan. Um, but we have a big dream to take a year off and to travel so top of the lists um, at the moment um, would be to take the kids to Japan. I used to study um, Japanese at school and I'd really love to take them somewhere completely different. Um, and then we would, my kids want to go hike in Nepal and my middle child would like to go hike in Mount Fuji. And I would love to go and photograph Iceland. Wow, those are some pretty epic spots. I do have a question about the dairy farm. So, okay, we're manifesting this for you, taking the year off and <laughs> getting to go. Would someone come and watch your farm or how would that work? Yeah, so we have um, four staff that work on the farm. So the plan will okay. be to upskill our manager so that we can um, take off. And the nice thing about technology is we're able to use a lot of, lot, yeah, a lot more technology to kind of keep tabs on things. So yay for Zoom, Zoom meetings and things like that. So I am manifesting that too. It's like, yes, we're going to skill you up and go. So the plan was 2024. Maybe it'll be 2025. Not quite sure, but watch the space. It's going to happen. Excellent. <laughs> yes. yes. Thank you so much for being on today. Oh, this has been so fun to chat. Thank you. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.